all your survivor teams are dead at this point, Chris Liss. So I figured that the best uh, topic to talk about today would be just your fantasy teams, my a couple of my teams, and then maybe give people some tips heading into the playoffs that you might think are obvious, but I, I think that they're worth talking about because, as you know, you know, obviously there's fantasy football is one on the margins a little bit. There's some luck, and then there's things you could do, and we'll go into all those things. But first, Survivor, what happened to you in Week 12? Well, I didn't have a lot of great choices. I went with the Patriots against the Giants. I love the spot. Uh, the Giants coming off the big win. Uh, I mean, not big win, but like an upset win against the football team uh, the week before. And the Pats being, you know, just an embarrassment. I just thought, and they were laying wood on the road, which seemed a little weird. And I was like, oh, this is because this is perfect. This is the Giants. You know, the Giants won despite taking nine sacks. They got like six turnovers in that uh, football team game. And um, it was like a great sell high. And so the Patriots show up and they turn it over three times and Mac Jones is just abominable. I mean, there's, there's no words that I have for Mac Jones. And then Brady Zappi was almost as abominable. Bailey Zappi was almost as abominable as Mac Jones. And, you know, again, even with all of that, they still had the ball for a chip shot to tie and they shanked away my season. Uh, But, you know, I'm I'm glad if it's going to happen is the giants. I, I don't feel like, bad. I only had like $200 in equity in that pool anyway. And, uh, you know, I, I feel like it was, you know, it's, it's weird because in one sense, you just want to get it right. You don't really care. Right? You know, if Justin Tucker hits it off the crossbar, you know, in that legendary game, the, in the team of destiny, that's just as good as a blowout, right? Like a win is a win. And you're just trying to get a winner on the other, you know, when you talk about predicting, are you predicting what's going to happen, whether you're going to survive? Are you predicting sort of the flow of the game, the quality of the teams by the latter criteria? Um, I feel like I did okay. Like the, the Pats were the better team. They just kept turning it over and they even still should have tied it and gone to overtime. But in the end, you lose, you lose. And so it was a bad prediction. So I always wrestle with that, whether I'm supposed to predict the future, like a psychic, which I do believe in, like that kind of thing. Like you just got to win. You just got to get the W or you're trying to predict like game flow and team quality. And then there's some lucky bounces that you can't control. I don't really, I'm like, a, I, like I, I believe in agency. Like I made the pick. I should control the luck, you know, and if I, if I, if I screw up the luck, I've made a bad pick. I can't say, Oh, my process was good. So, you know, it was a loss. Um, I'm not that broken up about it. I'm, I'm actually, I, I thought I was going to win kind of, I just thought I was going to keep picking winners all year. I just kind of had that belief every year, but, uh, but I'm not that bummed that I lost. Yeah. The reason I had to correct you when you said Brady Zappi, you can't talk about Brady and the New England Patriots and mix them up with Bailey Zappi. I mean, come on. Uh, Brady, Bailey Zappi, you know. Well, Brady is a sacred cow in in New England. Well, I love Brady's comments. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago, you know, like that he's saying the NFL is getting soft. um, And, uh, you know, I I like that. I like that he's already talking shit the first year he's out of the NFL. He didn't mind it when he was being protected his last year when the offensive line fell apart on him. So he didn't mind the. uh, Well, you know, the, the whole rule was because Brady tore his ACL the year after they went 17-1, lost in the Super Bowl, first play of the season, he tears his ACL, that whole you, the whole you can't go low on quarterbacks, that's the that's because of Brady. Now, I'm not saying he is, you know, he made the rule, he didn't, but he was the inspired, reason. Right. Yeah, he inspired the rule, yeah. Yeah, just like the Bills and Chiefs game in overtime inspired the new rules. Like, oh, okay, we can't have one team coming down after a, like the best game in NFL history scoring. And then it's over without Josh Allen, even getting a try. So same uh, situation there. Uh, Fantasy playoffs. 
Are you going to make it in any of your leagues? What What's the state of the state of your fantasy team? Bad. I don't think I'm going to make it in any leagues. The, the prime time had a chance, and I made some minor errors last week. I switched the Lions in on Thanksgiving, and that got zero. But defense, I had the, yeah. But I had the Saints; they got five, so I was actually rooting against them, so I didn't have to kill myself. Um, but um, this, because uh, you know, if, you, if they got twenty, I would kill myself. Um, but. Uh, but the thing is, so I'm like, okay, well, I'm still kind of peripherally in it. I just need like a 200 point week, and like really, then we'll be cooking. And then I looked, and I've got Saquon, um, Keaton Mitchell, yeah. uh, and Kenny Walker as my three running backs. None of them are playing this week. And then I think I have a fourth back too that's not playing this week. And so I had to pick up uh, Royce Freeman is one of my backs, and not Jeff terrible. Wilson. Yeah, and I mean, Jeff Wilson. I mean, yeah. I, I just that's it. And so I'm not going to get a 200 point. You're probably not going to get a 200 point week no matter what, even yeah. if I have Walker and Barkley. But and Keaton Mitchell or whoever, but now I'm like going to be lucky to get 140. And you, you know, you just have to where I'm at, you needed two big weeks, and I, I'm pretty much drawing dead. And my other teams are even worse. So, this, this um, is why, by the way, that you yeah. can't just do NFFC teams because it's the two uh, next year. I, I'm gonna dra- uh, screaming, I'm gonna drag you in. You're gonna come into my home league, it's a normal league, there's normal people. It's no six way. teams play. Yes, one league you'll do. One league. I don't. I don't care. I don't care about making the playoffs to win like eight hundred bucks. I don't care about the fantasy playoffs. Like I. I mean, I. I. If I'm in it, I want to win. Last year, I should have listened to you and started Daniel Jones over Trevor Lawrence. I would have seven grand, but but only because of that uh, whole Demar Hamlin heart attack thing. That's, I mean, I didn't deserve it, but you know, it is what it is. But point is that I don't. I you know, like it doesn't matter to me. Like I don't. It was a bad year. It was a weird year. I mean, I look at who like the top running backs are. It's like a bunch of no names and like it's yes. all clustered. It was just a weird year. You know, I, I had a lot of investments that I need. You know, when I wrote up my portfolio, I had like Chris Godwin, Darren Waller, Bijan Robinson, um, DK Metcalf. It's like if, if three of these four pan out, I'm going to have a good year. Well, basically zero panned out the way I hoped. So it was a bad year. Yeah. So you, I, I'll try again, but I can't convince you to come into one. No, I have no, I just have no interest. It's just work. It's just stuff to do. You know, I'm in the stake league, um, which I don't, I'm, that's so low. It's actually not low stakes. Well, it is when you go to the dinner, you know, thanks thanks to me because I'm the one who orders all the stuff. And there I'm like, I think I'm a self buyer right now. I'm like in the middle. Um, But uh, Erickson and, and, and Len Hockberg are really, they're just like so far back. So there's no worry about that. But I don't want to be the, I, you know, Thornberry's so far back. I don't want to be this, a single buyer. Self buyer is okay, you know. So yeah. All right. Well, I'll you know I'll broach the subject again, and maybe you know we're actually thinking about with our league is t- even though we're drafting, we're turning it into a best ball. Maybe that's more mm. appealing to you. We don't have to set your lineup. Every week. There's still waivers, but you know that's how about guess- this? What if you make it like a best ball? Auto draft best ball. You don't oh, even show up. Man. You get randomly drafted. <laughs> you, the thing drafts it. You play out the season. You put your money down. In the end, you either collect or not. And it's just auto from beginning. You know, nobody does anything. Right. AI. Yeah. And and set up an auto payment to pay me on the first of the year. So every year. So you never have to worry about it. I never it. look at it. Auto from my bank into your bank in back into my bank. It's just happening without our knowing. You know, yeah. it just yeah. this is what's going to be the future. We're going to all have our own AI brand. We're going to tweak it a bit. And then... We're going to, um, is that your alias, by the way? Andrea I know. Stislowski? Anytime Andrea comes up in there, I have to put her <laughs> name out there because this is unbelievable to me. Like I need yeah. Andrea. We, I, I've never met anyone that had a name like this before. So yeah. other than myself. So this yeah. is what I love her. And I don't even know who she is. 
Right. So, uh, yeah, your uh, alter ego there, but, yeah, my but female no, self. exactly. Um, but my, my point is, uh, there, we're going to like select your AI, like the NFFC in 2034. It'll be like AI one, AI two, AI three. I'll go with three. It's more, uh, you just adjust like the risk, you know, the amount of risk you want to take and it goes in and does an aggressive league, does all your moves, does everything. You know, you don't even watch football anymore. You know, yeah. you just, you just collect. I I saw a tweet that you made about AI this week that I, I thought was great. And by the way, I I've said this every week. I hate that you're on Twitter on Tuesday. It's the one day I'm literally not on because it's been the weekend. And then I'm I have like my workload is very front loaded on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday, and then it's a little softer Thursday, and then it's heavy on Friday. So, but uh, you were talking about how AI the the scare the, how everyone's trying to scare you that AI is going to destroy the banking system. I tried to explain. Do you know what tweet I'm talking about? And then you said, "I, I think I, I think basically what it is is when I see like Reuters, like Reuters is like you know basically the regime, whatever you want, the cathedral, whatever you want to call it, uh, the establishment. When they tweet something like the reason that whole drama at OpenAI happened is because apparently there was a very dangerous humanity threatening breakthrough um, that happened, and that's why they the board panicked and got rid of Sam Altman. When, when Reuters reports something like that." I don't think, oh my God, AI is going to kill us. I think, why do they want me to think AI is going to, why do they want me to be scared of AI? Or why are they telling me to be that AI is going to destroy us? I never think, oh my God, AI is going to destroy us. I no longer take those, and I'm, I'm, I didn't do my other podcast, but I have some notes on this for this, and I'm going to talk about this. Like, they don't warn you about seed oils. They don't warn you about pesticides in your foods. When you say they, they you mean the authority, the government. They, they, yeah, the health authorities, the FTC. Nobody really warns you about the stuff that's causing cancer. You know, nobody warns you. They warn you about ISIS. They warn you about COVID. They warn you about AI. They warn you about, like, if they were really in the business of warning you about stuff that was like an existential threat to you, um, you'd be like, hey, you know, you got to lay off the Frito-Lay products. I don't know if they're a sponsor, but they're, they're gone now. Um, you got to lay off the Nabisco, if that's even. You got to lay off the Oreos. You, know, you got to lay off this stuff. It's going gonna, it's gonna to kill you, like diabetes and heart disease and cancers through the roof. You, know, you, you got to avoid the medical system. Third leading cause of death in the U.S. is medical error. I mean, literally after heart disease and cancer. They would warn you about things that are actually killing people in mass, right? But they don't. They warn you about things like ISIS, which has nothing to do with you. They, they warn you a lot about ISIS you know, and about, um, you know, COVID and about all these things that have a very low death rate for healthy people. Um, and so when they warn you about something, my question is always, why do they want me to be scared of this? Why do they want me to, why am I reading this now? Instead of taking the thing literally and saying, oh my God, I'm so scared of AI. Yeah. You know, it's, I uh, learned what ISIS actually meant the other day. It's the Iraqi, what does it stand for? It's the Iraqi. I don't know. Who knows? ISIS. Yeah. It's the Iraqi. Bob Dylan sang about ISIS. Do you know the Bob Dylan song? No, I don't know it. It's about a girl named ISIS, but you know, same same difference. Okay. Oh, well, yeah, that's totally different. It's yeah. the Islamic State of Iraq and Syria. That's what oh, okay. it's for. All right. Yeah, I didn't know that because I always thought yeah. it was like a. Yeah. You were terrified of it till this moment. Now that you looked it up, you're like, oh, that's it's not as scary as yeah. I thought when I like Iraq's yeah. our friend. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Despite I'm sure, what yeah. 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 No, I've been uh, I've been listening to a lot of like uh, you know perspectives on like Israel, the whole thing. It's like I'm learning more and more about the history of it. And, you know, because growing up Jewish, you always hear one way. And again, I just want to hear like the history, the unbiased right. history. of it. So it's just interesting to learn um, going back to like the 1600s. That's how far I went back to, uh, to learn about this. Yeah, it's crazy. So I don't know that much, you know, and, yeah. and like and so I don't really opine that much on most of this on the stuff. 
that I don't know. It's like I could get into the whole thing. I'm just not that interested in it. So I'm oh, like, yeah. I'm I'm interested. You know, yeah, you're interested. I just yeah. have to like inform myself, and I'm just like, you know, mm -hmm. well, because like I said, you went you went to Hebrew school or no? No, nothing. yeah. So I was forced to go for a couple of years, and you learn it yeah. a certain way, and you know, a lot of that history ends up talking about it from, you know, not from 1930s on. So I was just curious of what was before that. So I just did a little dive. Yeah. Um, you got to go back to like the year zero and then you get the whole thing. Right. Right. I was, I didn't want to, I, I thought the year 1600 was good, good. enough. Yeah. Wait, Statute wait. of limitations on certain things. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's talk a little more um, fantasy football. A uh, couple of tips. I really want to do give some tips. Uh, all right. For people that are in traditional leagues lists where the 12 or 14 teams, six teams make the playoffs. Uh, obviously every week is winner get in. Is there like, how should the waiver wire being handled right now? Who are the type of players we should be picking up? Who are the type of players we should clip off our roster in general? And then you can name some specifics if you want. Well, it depends like the NFFC, right? Your, your roster locks. No, so no, you no, really, you that. really want, okay. Not, okay. Yeah. Like traditional okay. home league okay. stuff. Where well, I mean, I mean, I've played one of those for a while, but, um, you know, the but, deal, but, but, but yeah, but basically, um, you know, the, the guy that like needs more targets to like, who has upside, that's just, um, cut that guy. Right. Like, like if it's like some guy who's like Quentin Johnson or someone who's like, Oh, well, if he gets some targets, you know, one day, maybe he'll show why he was the first round. Obviously you probably cut him already. The upside wide receiver specifically gone. Like there's not, there's nothing there. Right. Because, mm -hmm. If you're not going to have him, if he goes off in a playoff game, and then you might put him in, he does nothing. You need a few weeks for a wide receiver to establish himself. There's no point in having a non-regularly targeted wide receiver on your roster anymore. I would even add to that, like T. Higgins, the guy who was never really, you're waiting, waiting, waiting. He's injured, and now he's playing with like a Jake Browning type. Right, and he's like still, if, Chase is still there too. It's yeah, like, like I would pick up a backup running back. Like I'd pick up Dearness Johnson and cut T. Higgins on my season long roster. Like that's how far I would take it. I picked up Dearness Johnson everywhere, actually. There because it is. Because ETN one, I mean, that's the thing. You want like a you know, the backup running with the Dowdles, the ET uh, the, the Dearness Johnsons, one injury, and this guy could be the guy that wins everybody's league for them, right? And and that's still a guy that still, you know, you don't have you know eight weeks for that to happen now. You've got a couple of weeks, but it will happen. Someone's going to get hurt in the next couple of weeks and you don't know who it is. So you may as well just have a little bit of upside stash. And then, you know, right before the playoffs actually start, you know, you might even want to keep one of those guys, but like cut one of them for, you know, look at matchups like, okay, next week, let's say, you know, if you have uh, Josh Allen, you're probably just going to play him every week. But if, if you have, you know, I don't know, Prescott or two or yeah, Tua. Um, you might want to just look, yeah. yeah, look at the next couple of weeks and say, who's got a really great matchup. Who's pretty good. And then just pick up that quarterback. And so, you know, in week, you know, 16, that's my guy. Right. So you're just, again, I don't know this matchup specifically, but if to a Russell Wilson, someone like that's in a better spot than, sorry, if like Russell Wilson's in a better spot than say Tua, like, and it's definitive, you would maybe hold on to the better matchup play and just not. Like, you know what I'm saying? Something like that. Yeah. Like, if yeah. Is or, or, like or yeah, of course. And, or maybe a defense, right? Like there's some defense, somebody's getting the jets, you know, or, or just, a, a, you know, I mean, you don't want to go too far at the defense because crazy stuff happens defensively, but you don't want to use too many roster spots on that. But um, you're basically just thinking, okay, I've got three weeks to get this. I want, you know, a backup running back or two now. Right. And then depending on how aggressive your league is, you know what I put in for Patrick Taylor. That's a good point. Um, yeah. Well, what you're talking about for the audio audience that one, uh, uncle Ted, who by the way is awesome. He's in, I, I always see him in every stream of every podcast. He's 
and across every company. He's he's a maniac in a good way. But he said Patrick Taylor is a running back. No one's talking about. Uh, he's the running back, of course, on the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Jones still dinged up. So what? Why do you think Patrick Taylor is a good pickup list? Well, that's it. You just said AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones are banged up. Dillon's not that good. Who knows, right? I mean, basically, there's two running backs on every team if they if they move the ball a little bit, right? And so. Um, well, I don't know what that, <laughs> he was uh, talking about the ISIS stuff. ISIS, ISIS. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I was like, "Oh, really?" Patrick Taylor was. Uh, got, uh, I'm definitely picking out now. That's a hard dude, Mujahideen, yeah. man. That's you know, that's. Serious. I showed you. I showed you the comments out of context. Oh, okay. I was just showing yeah. him Patrick Taylor, and then when I showed you, someone commented on the Mujahideen and Osama yeah. bin Laden. So yeah, yes. yeah. Uh, I, I got to get this under control. Here we go. So uh, anyway, Patrick uh, Taylor. If like Iraq ever gets an NFL, te- you know, team or something, or Afghanistan gets an NFL team, yes. they call it the Mujahideen, and then some woke people like protest that, and it'll be called like the <laughs> Afghan. They can't even call it like the warlords anymore or no, something. You have to call no. it like the Afghan. I don't know what you know. Yeah. I, you call it the. They'll um, ruin it. They'll ruin it. Like they ruin everything. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'm trying. To, what would be a woke Mujahideen word? would be a great name for a football team. Sick. Right? Sick. But what yeah. would be a woke word if we had a team in the Middle East? Like what would in be- Afghanistan? All right. I don't know. Could it be know? the um? What what was the, some the of petrol? Our... The petrols or something? Okay, well yeah. then, but right, right. So the Oilers, the petrols, yeah, the Oilers, yeah, just like yeah, Houston, the poppy right? seeds, exactly. the Afghanistan. Yeah. Well, poppy the poppy, seeds. you can't do that. It's drugs, you know. Uh, okay. It's like the Washington bullets, right? Right. Like, yeah. I mean, right. I I thought the Redskins should have changed it to bullets. I, that was my always always my first choice, <laughs> you know. Just get back the old school, you know, the old school basketball team that got outlawed. But anyway, the point is that um, I don't even know what the oh, the point is. These running backs, right? You want Guys like that, um, there's yep. two running backs per team in a game where there's the ball movement, where it's not like a Giants or Jets game, where there's usually two running backs that do something. Um, you want one of them. If one of them gets hurt, you you have the dominant guy. I mean, look, you know, Royce Freeman, foolishly, I had him on my bench in the uh, stake league last week for CEH because I just thought they're both backups. McKinnon was out. And, oh, man, one guy did nothing. One guy did a lot. But – just players who are one injury away. That's it. And by the way, I think you're, I'm glad that Kyron, the uh, Kyron Kyron. Williams uh, cam makers bet didn't come with degree of. Oh, you got because, because, you know, I was did a Brady, the year Brady Anderson hit 50 home runs. Explain. So listen, I have a bet. We back in week two, who's going to have more fantasy points. Cam makers lists had, I had Kyron Williams. Obviously we know that that is like, you know, that that's a Mike Tyson against Trevor Burbick knockout. Yeah, but I, I'm going to win that Ramondre Zeke Elliott. You're up by two. You're two touchdowns ahead. That's almost like a lock. They're not going to score that many more touchdowns this year, especially with those quarterbacks. But so you were saying about the degree of this. Yeah. So you know, we just bet like okay, forty bucks. I doubled down because I was stubborn. Um, you know, <laughs> who's going to get more points? Right. We didn't say like degree of dominance. Right. Right. One time uh, in like 1993, I think it was, I was on the subway with some dudes from law school, and. Brady Anderson hit like 11 home runs in April or something. And, and, and I said, Oh, that guy's gonna hit a lot of home runs this year. He's got like, it was like April 20th. He'd hit 11 home runs. So he's going to hit a lot of home runs this year. The guy's like, nah, he's going to end up with like 20 home runs. I was like, I'll tell you what, let's do an over under you name it, 20, 22, whatever. He's like, 20 is fine. So for every home run under 20, I pay you a dollar and every over run over 20, you pay me a dollar. That was the year he wrote it up and hit 50. So that's like maybe 30 <laughs> bucks. And back then that was a lot, right? It was like yep. 1993 yep. law school, you know, um, and, uh, and so that, you know, that's the kind of bet you really get punished for being extremely wrong. All right. Next um, year. but next year you gotta, you gotta put in a yep. degree, you know, 
so this reminds me, um, are you familiar with what a lightning bet is? Like as far as like Las Vegas books and stuff like that? No. Nope. So uh, we used to do these lightning bets. Uh, this guy, when I was uh, in, in the University of Albany, he used to take lightning bets. And basically, you could do a $5, $10, $100 lightning bet. And if you take the over, it's say you do a $10 lightning bet, you get $10 per point over the over. Ten okay. might pay ten dollars minus a point under okay. the yeah. so basketball is where this is fun, right? Overtime is really bad news on the unders. We hit uh, the best one we've ever hit was an over uh, a triple overtime Knicks Celtics game. Uh-huh. Uh, we had a five dollar lightning bet go. I mean, it's like a pinball machine. Every time it goes over, <laughs> ching ching, um, right. you really get punished. You could do a hundred dollar lightning bet and take the and if you get crushed on the under, sometimes well they got to make the lines high because the under the downside is capped. Right. I mean, it's never say the under is like, you know, 200. Let's say it's like 200 and it goes like, you know, 180 to 85. Yeah. 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 Right. And so you, you lose 35 bucks or 35 times five, which is a lot. But the over, I mean, in a triple, you know, it can go. I mean, I guess it's capped at like 160. I mean, at like, you know, three, like 300 ish. You know, it's not going to go much higher than three. Well, you have but, the option to take the under or the over. I know. But I'm just saying like the over is theoretically with overtimes like infinite liability you know like keep going well listen yeah. this is this is why it's a psychotic bet you know right. there's yeah. so i don't know if vegas does it anymore but supposedly this guy told me you know going back 25 years that lightning bet was like a thing you can make at the counter i mean it's fantastic right i mean you get <laughs> it's the best kind of bet because it really rewards you you know for knowing what you're doing like if if i get a win uh because i'm you know lucky um you know it's the same as if you know let's say i i have like i'm like oh this team's gonna roll and they're a 14 point favorite and they win by 15 on a pick six while the other team's driving to tie, right? Like I wasn't really right about that. I mean, I, I'll cash it, but I didn't, it wasn't like, cause I had some insight about those teams, but if they win like, you know, 52 to nothing, that means like that was really good time to lay the wood. And there's no difference between those two positions if, if you're in a regular bet, right? But the lightning bet, it's a huge difference. So I think that's good. I think we should. I think that should be more common. I guess it's just the liabilities to maybe just make it a buck though, a point, you know, or five. I mean, you could do whatever you want. Just yeah, like right. when you're, you yeah. can make it a quarter. I don't, whatever the yeah. minimums are. I mean, right. but you know, right. some psychos go there and they'll get thousand dollar lightning bet. Let's go. Yeah. Let's go. Let's do yep. it. And then I don't know, but maybe there was ways to cap it. You could pay for caps, you know, you right. Just say, yeah. Hey, I'll, I'll take a, a maximum of like on a hundred dollar bet, say a maximum of $500 loss or whatever, whatever. Or, it, or it could be built in. Like, you know, it's ten, you could choose like a $10 plus or minus, you know, win right. or lose, you know? So it's you, it's either way it's capped, you know? And right. I guess the reason they don't do that is because it's complicated. You have to, well, it's complicated. Like you got to put down more money than the bet, right? Like if you put down a hundred bucks and it doesn't cash, there's nothing to do. You just don't show up. But what do you do? You got to put down the maximum you could lose kind of, and then cash. So it's a little, you know, right. So yeah, maybe that's why it's not there. Or if you do like, if you're on like a website, you can do the max. uh, Right. Right. No, I see what you're saying. That is the money in the account. They're going to pull from your credit card. If you get a really bad, you know, you you have the over and it's, you know, it's it's Hmm. two, two, nothing in overtime, you know, and then, and that's it. Yep. How about, uh, uh, going back to tips for the, for fantasy football, a lot of us still play in leagues with kickers. Um, are you are you looking at the schedules there indoor? Like, are you a- rostering a kicker? Like, say you have Brandon Aubrey, the kicker in Dallas, who's just been lights out. Is there any situation that you're not playing him through the fantasy playoffs for? Like, I, I'd look say, at like it. Matt Gay I'd, or something like that, who's an indoor kicker. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I would look at it, but I, I don't know if I would do much. I mean, in, in the NFFC, I would. S- 
Sometimes now there's team kicker. Team you, kicker. Don't, you don't really need to carry two kickers, but you used to have to for that three week thing. Yeah. Um, maybe I, I would look at it at least like, especially if I didn't have an elite kicker, if I had an elite kicker. I'd probably leave it alone on a good offense. But if I had a, if I had sort of a crap, you know, not a crap kicker, but a, a kicker on a bad team, a good kicker on a bad team, or just an average kicker on a good team, I might look at matchup. Do you think the, so when we're talking about the NFFC, the high stakes stuff, they do team defense, like which is standard across, you know, even home leagues team kicker now, which I love because sometimes these kickers get subbed in and out like in multiple weeks. Like, you know, right. the kicker on week five is different than six and eight, you know? Yeah. Um, do you think they should do like the high stakes should do team quarterback too, or is that just too far? Uh, it's, I mean, like if yeah, you have I, Geno Smith, I mean, you got Drew Locke too. In other words, like a guy gets hurt in the first quarter, doesn't destroy. I mean, it might, it'll probably destroy you, but it won't, it'll hurt you. It won't destroy you necessarily. Right. Cause yeah, that, I mean, that happens all the time. So yeah, Dak Prescott gets hurt on the third, uh, on the third drive. He's got eight points. Whereas gets another seven, the rest of the game. Yeah. 15. Now you got 15. Okay. Like you should have got 30, but it didn't just absolutely annihilate you. Is, um, is that I'm too much? Open, I'm open to it. You know, I mean, just team running back, team wide receiver, team maybe, tight end. <laughs> team tight end. <laughs> right, team tight right, right. No, maybe for super flex, that would be a little bit because there's no replacement value on the waiver wire. For quarterback, you're saying? Yeah, yeah, for quarterback. Yeah, I'm, I'm open to it. I'm, I'm not saying I, I'd have to think about it more. Okay. I don't think, it's not crazy. I've thought about it before. I mean, I've, I've it's occurred to me that you could do that. Right. Saquon Barkley, we talked about him a little bit earlier. Good two weeks ago, bad this uh, past week. Uh, on by this week, I, I paid up for him in a couple of my dynasty leagues. I'm regretting that a little bit. What do you think the Giants are actually going to do with Saquon next year? And like, let's say we had the draft and you didn't know if he was going to be on the team. I mean, you're not taking him in the first round anymore, right? No, probably like late second. I mean, I, the thing is, like, he's still good. I mean, that game against yeah. Washington, I mean, he's catching passes back shoulder, like while being hit. I mean, he's still good. And I feel like he's not slowed down because he hasn't he's just missed a lot of time with like ankle injuries and stuff he hasn't been like beat up like derrick henry over the years or some of these guys um so i would still take him second round i don't know what the giants are going to do because they what did they do they did like some they did some it wasn't exactly a franchise because he like made it like a deal yeah. or something so what they did was they originally franchise tagged him and then they did they removed the tag now and then they gave him like a small amount of money, but he, and which is basically, you know, just a little bit more market price. But here's the thing that, that I don't know. And if anyone in the chat knows this, let us know. Are they allowed to franchise tag him again now? Or was that an agreement that they won't tag him next year? Because, uh, because he voluntarily gave it up. basically, Right. Because normally the second tag is you, you're take that all day. It's like uh plus 40% on the, on the next right. salary. It's not just right. that, you know, that average of the top five. So guys. right, why would he open himself up to being franchised again for an extra million bucks or whatever it was without getting the bonus of the double franchise? Um, so we don't for, know that, yeah. but let's yeah. assume for a second that he's not franchise tagged like, or, you know, just in that mindset. Cause if he is, then obviously this doesn't matter. This conversation. So basically they would have to like, is, I mean, what, Either they sign. Do you think they're they're going to sign him to a two year deal where they give him like 10, 10 per eleven per, or do you think they're he's going to test the market and and take a, a mercenary deal somewhere? I think the latter most likely because um, Daniel Jones coming back from the. I mean, you got you know they'll draft a quarterback. I don't know what their first pick, but they'll draft a quarterback or sign somebody, and then and then you're going to have Daniel Jones coming off the injury, and then you, you can't really be like I'm not saying they can't do it, but 
the Giants, even though they have some pieces, Andrew Thomas, Dexter Lawrence, Kayvon Thibodeau has been great. Um, they can't be like we're serious contenders now, so we're going to spend big bucks on the veteran running back. It doesn't seem to make a lot of sense. Like he's perfect for like the Eagles if Swift, you know, was got hurt or tore his ACL next week. He's perfect, he's perfect for a team anywhere. Like that. He's perfect. Yeah. If Tennessee, if Derek, if Ter- if they let Derek Henry go and they just want to continue with that monster yeah, running back toast. But I mean, I mean, I mean, like you know, he's perfect for like the Bills. Yeah, a team that's like we have a quarterback already. We have like we're a contender. Saquon would be huge for them, you know. But it's like the Giants, these other sort of like rebuild teams um texans would be good actually that would actually be a good because with stroud you know and, and then you get barkley there and then those receivers develop you know maybe they add a receiver then you have you know a top top five offense so i i think they'll probably let him go but the reason uh, i think is somebody is going to pay up because barkley see this is where i think teams miss and not all teams but it's not just like okay what saquon's service is worth he's a guy who actually puts asses in the seats in a stadium he's a guy who sells jerseys Right. You know, he's a personality, he's commercial, he's a good looking guy, he's you know, he's a great player. Bitcoiner. So, if Bitcoin goes up high enough, he's not gonna care about the money. So I don't know how is. much he has. He's probably got a lot. I don't care who you are, you're worth you always want a little you want what you're worth. You know, I saw some survey out there that people it I forget the exact choice. It was would you rather make fifty uh sorry, a hundred thousand dollars and be the lowest paid person at your company? or be paid seventy five thousand dollars and be the highest paid person at your company. And it was split fifty fifty. Which right. meaning that half the people just wanted to be acknowledged as the highest earner, right? Yeah, which is silly. I saw, I saw one that said, "Would you rather have ten million dollars or one bitcoin?" But you couldn't move it; it had to stay in your account for twenty years. I mean, uh, it, you're going to laugh yeah. at me. It's uh-huh. a great question, but uh-huh. I, I'm you know, oh, but I can't even spend it for for twenty years. Neither one you can't spend for twenty right, years because one of them is going to be worthless. Well, well, no. <laughs> well, one of them is going to inflation is going to kill it, right? right? I mean, like you, you're dealing with inflation, like serious inflation, you know. So anyway, I thought that was a. Yeah. Most people say twenty million, you know, ten million. That's so much, but it's yeah. not in today's dollars, right? You know, you got to inflation adjust. Yeah, it's hard to to get your brain there if you're not yeah. deep into yeah. it. If you're not already deep down the rabbit hole, yeah. Frank Reich fired this week, Chris. I, I still think Frank Reich is a good coach. Um, I, I think he got the short end of the stick. In your opinion, uh, what do you think happened? Do you think it was the right thing to do? And what do you think is the residual effect on uh, Carolina? Because there's a couple, you know, Adam Thielen is going to be someone that people are thinking about playing. Jonathan Mingo is somebody that Jeff and I talked about uh, as a possible pickup um, that could end up getting, you know, in the, with the new regime, Bryce Young, they have to develop him. So your your general thoughts on Carolina and Frank Reich firing? I mean, I don't really have a lot of thoughts on it. It's like a garbage team with yeah. bad players. Thielen is a real dink and dunk artist. I mean, he was making some bigger plays early in the season, but um, yeah, they got to look to the future. I think Thielen's 33 or something. I mean, I, I just, I think they probably will get someone like Mingo uh, more involved. I don't know if DJ Chark is a factor, but um it's just like, it's just a bleak, yeah. uh, bleak situation. With I mean, giving up the number one pick plus mm. passing up on Stroud, it's just bleak. I mean, Frank Reich is the least of the, who, who's coaching is the least of the problems there. Yeah, that's what I thought as well. Uh, there was some chatter that David Tepper is going to do whatever it takes to get Bill Belichick to come over there. I don't buy that for a second as Bill Belichick's trying to rack up wins. I mean, the easy connect the dots is the Chargers um, because Stanley's gone. Chargers. I, I would rather take the Panthers job as bad as really? it is because 
the Chargers are like I they're just such a cursed franchise. And at least they have a franchise quarterback. They do, but like I'm I don't know what. And it's like you're expected to win. There might be something in there that's a little soft. Like there's something about the team that's not right. And like you're expected to win, right? But the Panthers that... are a true, true rebuild. Like you actually yeah. like you actually like get to like mold it any way you want. But the problem with the Panthers is you're saddled with Bryce Young. You get to, you can't just dump him, you know, so easily. Um, and, and if that's a problem, that's a problem. I, I guess maybe the Chargers, but like the Chargers are like, I mean, the, people think that every year the Chargers are contenders. And like this year, like they're like the Giants. I mean, they have like the same record as the Giants so far. Yeah. But at least with the Chargers, like I said, is that yeah, if there is like a soft element to them, who's better to uh, to change the culture than Bill Belichick? I mean, I you know, I think Belichick, look, he won two Super Bowls as a defensive coordinator as the Giants. He won six with the Patriots. I don't think we can say that because Brady left is all Brady. I don't think we can say that. But I do think we can say something is seriously off about him. Now, they say it's the GM trading a second rounder for, you know, 31-year-old Mohamed Sanu. I mean, that's just inexcusable. There's weird, like multi-tight end drafts. I mean, just because you got a killer tight end draft, you know, with Gronk and, and uh, Hernandez the first time, he just kept doing that. And then he signed John U. Smith and Hunter Henry. Um, it's just weird what he's trying to do. And so um, I don't know that, I don't, you know, I don't know what the deal is. I don't know that Belichick is going to like suddenly make the Chargers into like a hard ass team uh, just by showing up. I, I, I've lost faith in him, the yeah. faith that I had in him. Yeah, I mean, he's about 30 wins or so behind uh, Don Shula. He, I mean, that's three 10-win seasons plus, right? He needs that, and if he's... I mean, he doesn't his, need that. He's got the six Super Bowls. I mean, I, I like He wants Shula, it. Oh, he does? He wants that, man. To be the most winning coach of I all mean, time, that's one of the stats we pay attention to. I don't know. To me, it's like just playing out the string of he coaches 10 more years to get six wins a year or something. Or Well, that's know, why the Chargers give him the chance for the 10-win season. They got where... Herbert. I mean, they, you know, I guess, you know, Bosa's always hurt. You know, I, I don't know. that They're – Eckler's done, it looks like. You know, it's funny. Eckler, um, there's this thing going around about him. He was His, his longest run, he was running 13 miles per hour, peak speed. And I was like, there's no way that's right yeah. because, I, you know, on the track, if you can run a 15-second 100-meter, which I can still do at 52, that's that's 15 miles an hour. So I'm pretty confident Austin Eckler could probably run like 18 miles an hour, maybe more. Yeah. <laughs> but they were saying how his fastest run or his longest run in one game, he was clocked by the next-gen stats at 13 miles an hour. I heard so. him on the Yahoo podcast, Austin Eckler, and he sounded pretty defeated. And I'm pissed off because I just traded in a Superflex Dynasty League. I traded away Bryce Young for him because oh, I that's can't. Good. That's well, good. Well, not really because Bryce Young probably will come around next. I mean, he's not even startable right now. He's getting seven, eight fantasy points. I, I mean, Bryce Young might be Sam Darnold, uh, Zach Wilson. I mean, that, that's, you know, that yeah. to me is the base case right now. But Eckler, man, that's like he's 29 next year. He's going to be. Oh, he's. He's going to be looking for a, he'll he's going to be looking for the Dalvin Cook situation next year, the backup to like the star. You well, know, like he's he's got the the pass catching. I mean, so he could be Sproles for a couple of years. Sproles played until he's like thirty four. Now you weren't getting a lot of fantasy points out of him in his thirties. You, you did like in his late twenties. He had a yeah. couple of good years for the Saints, but um, he at least has some specific skill that that'll fit a little bit. Yeah, I, I'm again. I know everyone to the Chiefs is always what they say, but I could see Eckler being the the one B to Pacheco next year, um, as McKinnon just kind of ages. If he doesn't have, you know, McKinnon always has like a great December or right. a great play. Yeah. If that doesn't happen next year, I could see. Well, McKinnon's uh, super old too. I mean, I, I well, think they'll probably get someone else in there. Next well, year. Eckler would be that guy. It's the perfect yeah. sort of one-two punch there. Uh, 
Kyler Murray's on my list to talk about here because he's a him and Justin Fields, really. So these are the two quarterbacks where fantasy good. There's always questions about them for real mm-hmm. football. Uh, and then they're both of those teams have high picks. Chicago, if we if we had it today, has pick one and pick four. Arizona has picked two. We've talked about the field situation. They asked Fields about it. He said, listen, I'm not going to worry about what they're picking. Right? I, Fields will probably be a starter somewhere. What do you think is the most likely scenario for Arizona in your mind and if they have pick two? Because that's one of the two quarterbacks that are supposedly there. And then obviously Marvin Harrison Jr., the elite wide receiver prospect, is on the board too. So I don't follow college, but I was told that those elite quarterbacks aren't doing so well. So like, it's not like the Andrew Luck RG three anymore. Well, here's, here's, is that the expectations were so high for Caleb Williams and he hasn't met like those, those, but he's still the consensus number one guy. But that's not good. That's not good. Like Sam Bradford was the number one guy. I mean here, and I've talked about this with Jeff so many times in the XM show is that the number one guy of this particular class means nothing, right? Because if the class is garbage, it it really doesn't mean anything. You want to be, the number one of the last five years, right? Like if you're Andrew Luck, Peyton Manning, um, Trevor you know, Lawrence those, was talented. Trevor Lawrence coach. was supposed to be. He's, you know, you can argue whether he's really that, but but you want one of those guys, right? One of those just absolute can't miss. As soon as you're like Sam Bradford level, or Baker Mayfield, was Baker Mayfield, right? Exactly. Like um, Golf has, you know, rebounded and had a decent career, but like you're not like ecstatic. He's not even on the team that drafted him. Um, you know, you're, you're sort of like. Uh, remember, uh, Jameis Winston was number one. Uh, you're sort of like, you just take the quarterback because you have that pick and you need a quarterback. And now you're saddled for years with this terrible quarterback that it's hard to get rid of because you spent so much capital on him. Um, and then you're going to, then in addition, you're going to give up Justin Fields who he may not be great, but he certainly has something. He's shown a spark. He's shown that he's like a player. Um, whether that's ends up being, you know, a, a really good player or just a, you know, fun player that, you know, wins a few games with his legs. We'll find out. But I, if I'm the bears, I I definitely want to see what I can get for that pick. Like if people want to go crazy, um, unless I'm sold, right. That's what Dave Gettleman said. Everyone mocked him when he took Barkley. He said, I don't want it to talk myself into the quarterback pick at that pick at pick two. I need to know that this is the guy. So it, it really depends. I don't know what they think, but if they think Caleb Williams is the guy, then you take him, you deal with, you move fields, you do what you have to do. If you're not sure that he's the guy, if you're like, eh, I see good and bad, I'm not sure, then you see what he'll fetch and trade um, and and hopefully get, you know, a king's ransom and then build around fields. Um, and, you know, maybe if there's a quarterback, you know, maybe if you get, you know, two first rounders, a second and a third or more or whatever, you, you get a quarterback with one of those picks anyway. You know, right. I mean, the, the Eagles got Jalen Hurts with the second rounder. They, there's so many uh, ways to do it. It's such a strong position to be in. But I think to just to like, you know, head in the sand, just we must take the, the top quarterback in this draft and get rid of the guy we have. He's not bad. I think that's a mistake. Well, I don't I don't know what they're thinking, so I don't I have no idea right. what they're actually gonna All do. Right. Kyla Murray, same situation here. Okay. They he has the big salary number. Uh, he's already got their contract. So if they were to theoretically trade Kyler Murray, you know, I mean, I guess if you're trading for Kyler Murray, you don't care. You're happy he's under contract, but they have picked two. So what if QB two uh is uh, there's a guy QB named one. Yeah, QB there's one. a guy named Drake May who, who again, he's a prospect that's rising, right? That right. that people are now, you know, there's some. Oh, he could be the number one guy. So let's just say that he is the consensus QB two, but and right there with Caleb Williams, same situation. Like, are you going to move on from Kyler Murray? Are you going to take that guy and reset your quarterback clock? 
What do you think is? I would the- if I if I like if I like the quarterback, right? So if I'm like this, there's one of these guys I really really like this guy, then I would move Murray. Now, what would Murray fetch? Like a first, like what Rogers got, right? Like a, so you, like so, a first rounder, so like, yeah. From so a, who who would trade for him? I would say Washington Commanders if they're not happy with Howell. I would say uh, Pittsburgh because they have Kenny Pickett. Is uh, yeah, Pittsburgh would be a, a good fit. I don't know. You know, no one knows if Kyler Murray's good. He's a really weird quarterback. Um, but yeah, Pittsburgh would be interesting with those weapons. And... Seattle, if they're not thrilled with Geno, Indianapolis, yeah, oh, no, Seattle, not Indi- yeah. Atlanta Seattle. would be the other one. Yeah, Atlanta actually be. Those are interesting destinations for him. I mean, what a dynamic offense, you know, in Atlanta. If you know they ever use all those skill players, and then you have this mobile quarterback like that who, who can, he's better than Desmond Ritter. We know that. Yeah. Um. I, yeah, I would move on if I if I like the quarterback. If I didn't, then you know I do the same thing. Try to trade down, um, and build around. I mean, I just think like. The NFL is weird because if you have Mahomes, uh, then it doesn't really matter. Like you can win a Super Bowl, even though you got rid of Tyreek Hill and your receivers suck. Um, <laughs> you can do it because he's that good and the quarterback is that important. But because there's no, you don't, can't breathe on the quarterback, you can't touch the quarterback. Um, it's a lot easier to play quarterback in some ways. Um, and so you can have a team with a, a great offensive line, a good defense, and just have a guy that gets the ball out of his hands quickly, doesn't make terrible decisions. And can game manage your way. I, I like, I'm like, if it's not somebody who you really think has an excellent chance to be elite, um, you know, get that left tackle, get that edge rusher, um, get that elite wide receiver that, you know, is the best in the last five years or whatever you think. I, I think it's worth it. The other one I think is Minnesota. If Kirk Cousins isn't written, by the way, Kirk Cousins is not under contract next year. If they can't right. work out something with him, originally the plan was, hey, we're going to get Josh Dobbs. <laughs> They're already thinking about Nick Mullins over the bye well, week here. I mean, this is like, I, there's a weird thing going on in in sports and in society. Like, you know how like the the latest news, the events, the all the crazy. Remember the Maui fires? That was like years ago, right? I mean, that was like a month ago. Like, there's like one event after another. You can't even keep up with scandals and events and insane stuff happening. Um, it's like that with sports. So like Josh Dobbs is a rocket scientist. Oh my God. How could they not everybody? He was available to the whole league. Anyone could have had him. You go to salvage the jet season, the whole thing. And like a week later, like, Oh, forget about him. You know, it's over. What is going on? Like it used to be, remember they were like Russell Wilson. He's such a weirdo. He's such a freak. How did they give him that money? They traded so much. He's such a, you know, now they won five in a row. And it's like, I don't hear anyone well, making fun of Russell Wilson anymore. And, he, and Russell Wilson, what did he do? He didn't like, um, you know, domestic violence or anything. He was just like a quirky, weird guy. He made that a uh, Mr. Unlimited video, which was pretty goofy. But I like I like weird eccentric people. What, why were people hating so much on Russell Wilson? Like, what did he ever do? A lot of times these guys just get bad advice. I mean, think about, uh, I, again, LeBron James has had probably the best sports career in top 10 sports careers of all time. And even he had the uh, uh, taking my talents to South Beach thing, which was kind of like douche chills, you know, when he did it. LeBron James is a douche. Like, I mean, he is right. like <laughs> a guy who like, you know, he was like trying to like shut Daryl Morey up about like speaking out about China. Right. Like, shut up. Like, why are you why are you like trying to like stifle this? But, you know, so he I, I just think LeBron, like you got he's such a star. And he got elevated to a platform, you know, to speak, but he hadn't thought it all through, really. He just started saying shit that he thought he was supposed to say, and a lot of it was stupid. And so he got, you know, some blowback on that. And he's kind of like, you know, but he's he's a great player. But I don't think like, you know, LeBron is just so big that there's going to be haters regardless. Right. Because he's going to speak. He shouldn't be, you know, I mean, I wouldn't say I'm a LeBron hater. I like LeBron okay, but I think he's the kind of an imbecile. Um, but, uh, But Russell Wilson, they were being so mean to him. Uh, and he's not like a LeBron level star or anything, you know, he's just like, 
he just like got a good contract, you know, and that's not his fault. And uh, good for him. And they were, it was like they were like it was like character assassination. Like he was this terrible guy. Well, but now they won five games in a row. It's like no one say anything. Yeah, winning cures all ails. You know that's always happens in in sports locker rooms. When you're winning, there's no problems. When you're losing, uh, everything starts. The blame starts to be thrown around. Just like uh, with players that have off the field issues. When with more talent comes more tolerance. Oh, right? of course, yeah, yeah. yeah, so. yeah. I mean, if you, yeah, so many quarterbacks get away with stuff that you know scrubs would not have gotten away with. But I, I really, uh, it, but to me, it's also the speed with which these things come up and go away. People memory hole everything now, like everything that people were doing, right? Like except Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, they were saying, oh, he's looking for attention because he's trying to come back from his Achilles tear. Yeah. And they're all like dumping on Rodgers. Why are you mad at Rodgers? Because he didn't take the vaccine. Well, Did he die? You know, nothing happened. He was right. He, he was completely right. And yet everybody's mad at him uh, because he didn't go along with what they were going along with. And so they're like, they're like, uh, you know, trying to like, get at him for other things. You know, we got hurt. People are like dunking on him, getting hurt. They're like, Oh, go get, you know, go get some ivermectin to fix your Achilles. Like, dude, he got hurt in a football game. Like, why are you mad at him when, um, he turned out to be right? Like people are just mad at these people. And then they memory hole, even why they're mad. They just know they don't like Aaron Rodgers. So now they're like, Oh, he's seeking attention. Oh, he's trying to come back from a serious injury in a, in a record time. But you know, he couldn't possibly just want to play football and get back on the field. He must be seeking attention by coming back so quickly. Like, it's like everything that people say and do now is just memory hold to the next thing. And it's like, it's almost going too fast. I mean, how could they were, Josh Dobbs was like, I mean, it turns out he's Jeremy Lin, but they were talking about it. Like this was like, <laughs> this was like, you know, Tony Romo coming in or Dak Prescott or one of these late right. round picks. They like right. finally got a chance. And it's ridiculous. Well, you know who Jeremy Lin is? It's Tommy DeVito, right? Because Jeremy Lin slept on his his sister's couch or his brother's yeah. couch in New York. DeVito's not even as good as Lin. Lin was actually good for like two weeks, you know? Like, oh my God. That was not good. Like Hall of Fame. Like if that career <laughs> was pretty, it was Hall of Fame. Yeah. Now, did you see that Tommy DeVito, uh, the New York Giants backup quarterback, was offered, they they did like a little history, like was offered more money, significantly more by Washington, and he turned it down because, first of all, free rent, living at home with right. your mom, you know, and all yeah. that other. I, I respect that. Do you think Tommy DeVito? Vito is at least played his way into being the backup quarterback for the Giants next year. Uh, yeah, she takes a lot of sacks. I mean, Daniel Jones took a lot of sacks, and even Taylor got sacked a bunch, not as much as the other two. Yeah. But he gets sacked a ton, and, and some of it's the line, but some of it's him. Um, That's experience, though. He'll he'll get that better now. I mean, I mean he's, the upside, he, though. Have you I mean, seen enough there? To I mean, he certainly, like, it's not like you and me. Like, sometimes you see, like, uh, Tim Boyle or Zach Wilson. It's like you and me. You got called into the game, and you're like, "Okay, <laughs> let's go, let's do it, guys." All right, Garrett, run it, run it out, and I'll throw it to you. You know, it looks like it's that bad. Whereas Tommy DeVito definitely passed the professional eye test. Right. Not the first game, a- but he's like an NFL quarterback. Like it's not a joke. It's not like a joke. So, um, you know, that's something, right? That's probably a backup job somewhere. Like I don't, or think at you- least a practice squad at minimum. Something, you know, and then if the backup gets hurt or the starter gets hurt, the backup's elevated, then he's the backup. Right. He's close, you know, he's he's obviously a pro quarterback. He's a poor man's Mike White. I understand. Uh, yeah, he's like a yeah. Mike White. Yeah. <laughs> so you were talking about just quickly uh the short memory. I think it also has to do with social media, meaning like that news we used to have to wait when we were growing up for the six o'clock news and see what the stories of the day were or news at 11 used to hear that phrase in, in primetime programming. Now it's like notification on my phone. Here's the new thing. So just with access, you know, with uh, access to all news through social media, I think that's what our lack of attention span probably has to do with. But it, I mean, it really used to be like a story would get covered in some depth, right? It'd be like a, a couple of weeks into like, why, you know, 
this person lied under oath and you know what it means. And there'd be like an in-depth thing for like two weeks, right? Like there'd be a story would last like a few weeks, the news cycle. And now like huge stories last like, you know, not even a day until there's another one. It might be because of that, that there's so much coming in. I also think that we're in a period, I don't know if you ever read the book, heard of the book, The Fourth Turning. We're in a period of crisis and dissolution of, mm. of the, the existing order. I've heard and you so talk about it. Things are falling apart at a rate that's much faster than, you know, than a usual time period. Um, they, they say it basically started during the financial crisis and is going through COVID. And so you have like, you know, I mean, I live in Portugal. The prime minister of Portugal just resigned for some scandal a couple of weeks ago. Like it's like people just resigning and, you know, like every second there's a new drama about somebody else, something being uncovered. And, um, and so, yeah, social media is definitely feeding that, but I also think there's just more things falling apart. Yeah. So uh, I'm glad that we've continued to do this uh, sports podcast because, you know, you do your Chrysalis podcasts and, you know, that's on social issues. Everyone should go over to realmansports.com. Chrysalis has everything linked over there. He has his Chrysalis podcast available, Spotify, Apple podcast, social issues, politics, all that stuff. But, uh, you know, listen, listening to you and Jeff on the radio now, Jeff and Nick uh, on Sirius XM is was like a five, four to five day part of my week. And, you know, you should be doing sports. Pod- and I know you, you would, you would skip a week here and there now if you didn't have someone holding you accountable. I'm like your gym trainer <laughs> yeah, holding you, you accountable. So yeah, it's a week I, to- I like talking sports, you know, I like doing this and it's fun and you're a good interviewer. You ask good questions and I, and I enjoy it. Um, it's just that, you know, it's not even politics. I hate politics. I don't care about the, I'll talk about some like, you know, trying to get Biden's corpse over the line is an interesting political discussion. But the point is that I don't really care about the horse. I'm not like, I don't care about the parties. I'm not invested in either party. Um, but, uh, but like the things that are going on now, you know, that, that are like immediately, you know, like people forget, like they weren't allowed to leave their house during COVID. Like you weren't like, literally, you were locked in your house. It's called lockdown. What the hell is that? What, what, you know, you live in a Western society. You don't live in like North Korea. Like you, you are locked down and people are like memory hole that like, Oh no, they were just, just for the public good. And then it turned out, no, it didn't make it. It actually made things worse. And there's no accountability for that. They violate your rights. And it turns out, well, we were scared at the time, right? Oh, we were scared at the time. That's going to be the reasoning being scared can justify violating people's rights. Well then, you know, you know, all bets are off in that case thing. Cause then we can run roughshod over everybody. Oh, terrorism. We better spy on you illegally. Well, they did that. Snowden uh, revealed that. So these are the things that are on my mind as a person who, um, you know, I have a kid, I live in a Western country. I mean, Europe is probably as bad or worse than the U S probably worse. Um, and I'm, you know, want to just preserve, you know, things like the ability to say what I want to say. They're trying to censor people. I mean, this is well-documented now that Stanford University, these elite institutions were trying to actually censor the internet uh, with things that actually turned out to be true. But even if they weren't true, um, even if some of the stuff wasn't true, it's like, well, that's the thing. In free speech, you can be wrong and then it can be corrected by the marketplace of ideas. And this is how we actually have progress. When you can't correct, you're screwed. You're effed. Your society is in dark ages where you can't question the priest. You can't question the church. You can't say a bad word. You're going to go to hell. You're going to get excommunicated. You're going to get burned at the stake. This is the kind of thing that we know from history is the worst thing you could possibly do. And here we are, Stanford, Harvard, the elite institutions working with the government to violate the First Amendment and censor. So this is the stuff that I think really impacts me personally. And I, I'm still into sports, right? I, I'm super into the fantasy basketball league. I'm in with Sasha in second place now. We've slipped a bit, mm. but I'm like researching every week to do pickups and stuff. I'm into this shit. I like it, right? But, you know, the stuff that's bigger, that Im- impacts my life, my kid's life, um, 
you know, that's the stuff that's on well, my it mind. It doesn't yeah. have to be a choice. It could be both. I mean, yeah. a couple podcasts a week is not going to kill you, especially if you enjoy it. Now, listen, if you didn't enjoy talking about sports and all, all that in, that comes with it, and or if you're just doing a solo pod, talking into a mic, you know, at least here when we're doing it together, you're getting a video component from it. You know, we're we're figuring it out. You know, each year. No, it's, get- a, it's a win-win for me, for totally. Yeah. And I, But I do need, like, the personal trainers. Like, Come on, do the sports thing. Right. Because... On my sometimes I'll see something like the Rogers thing or the Charissa Thompson thing a couple of weeks ago. Carissa Thompson, where she's like, um, you know, where, where she was like, was this yeah. fake the stupid code. We talked about that, right? Well, and just how, to anyone that living under a rock, Carissa Thompson, the sideline reporter, couldn't get access to a coach, so she made up the generic uh sound bites. Oh, the coach said we need to do better on third, tackle down. better, yeah. take care of the ball, whatever, right? And and so there was all this phony outrage from the usual suspects pro clutching. Oh my God, that's so bad for journalism. And like, no, she, she knew she had a bullshit job and she was like, coach doesn't want to talk to me. He needs this, you know, these minutes between halves that for his team. Love and that so, Amazon stood by her without even blinking. They're like, no, she's good at her job. We don't care. You know, like, yeah. keep going. And it was like 20 years ago. Who cares? Yeah. You know? And the, the whole thing is like, um, it's a bullshit job. Nobody cares. It, nobody's look, if the coaches, if it were important, what she was doing, a coach, and if it was done over the years, one of them say, Hey, I never said that. Why is she saying that? Like someone say, Hey, did you tell it? Right. If, if, if it, she would easily have gotten busted if there, if she said something inappropriate or the fans would be like, wow, we didn't get the usually in-depth coach speak that we're used to. You know, it was like, nobody was the wiser because it didn't matter. And I understand the principle of it, but if you're doing a real journalistic job, have integrity, get on the, you know, the Mina Kimes is, you know, uh, getting so upset about Aaron Rodgers not complying with the NFL's mandates and getting all histrionic on the air, you know, almost to the point of tears it looked like, um, and then not apologizing for that rather than, you know, this totally inconsequential thing. But my point is something like that, I will, you know, get exercised about and, and post something, but just like, you know, who, who are you going to pick up on your waiver wire or a good strategy for the playoffs? Like, I don't really think about that during my week. It's not the kind of thing where I get up in the morning and I'm like, shit, I got to say something about this, this is really bugging me. You know, and that, that's the whole point of, of the, the podcast. Like, this is something that's on my mind. It's important. I want to communicate. Or here's a new idea I had. This to me is very interesting. I have a new idea. Actually, I'm going to do on the podcast later today. And I come up with something. I just think about something new that like is interesting to me. It might not be anything that's like so dystopian or you know, you're going to get your rights taken. It's not only about that, just some idea. You know, it could be a math thing. It could be a, just an idea, philosoph- philosophical idea. That's what like wakes me up in the morning and like gets me, keeps mm-hmm. me up at night. The, the sports stuff, I love it. I'll, I'll if, if I, you know, have a, a, a circus survivor thing and I'm down to 20 people or whatever, again, like that will occupy my attention for sure. But I'm not like living and dying with that every day. Yeah, but also, I mean, yeah, listen, I'm going to give you a nice compliment now, which you already know, but you're a talented broadcaster when it comes to sports. And I think that, uh, you know, just selfishly, I'm keep I'm keeping you accountable to doing a sports podcast because I want to hear it. You know, <laughs> you keep doing it. No, I like doing it. And, and it's okay. good for me. You know, it's good. It's good to like you have very specific knowledge over a lot of years doing something. And, you know, you don't want to just flush that down the toilet. You know, you, you, you want to be like, okay, I have very specific knowledge of this thing. And I'm still doing it. The other thing I really like, which I realized the other day, is I'm doing fantasy basketball now. And I'm going to do baseball starting t- tomorrow. I'm going to do one team a day for December. Start to when you say look one at- team a day, what does that mean? Go to the Rotowire depth charts. Go in alphabetical order. Was it the Diamondbacks or whatever? And go through every prospect, every position, everything. And just okay, like... You're going to learn but- it. I'm going to learn it, you know, right. put them in a spreadsheet at their positions, look at how many games they played, just read up, learn it. I'm not going to look at any ADP for my first beat Christmas baseball draft. I don't even want to know. I just want to get my own sheet sheet, go in there cold and just literally P 
pick the best guy that I think that I want to take each round. And people are like, ha, you take this guy in the fifth, this guy goes in the 11th. I don't care. Don't give a shit. I'm just going to do it the first time. And then obviously I'm, I'm going to see how drafts go. So I'm going to learn some ADP just by osmosis, but I want to just not have it. Uh, I don't want to be, you know, Clouded. influenced by it. But anyway, so I'm going to do that. That's my plan. I'm doing basketball. I'm into it with Sasha. She's into it. I love testing myself against sports testing. Oh, I fucked it up because I was listening to these midwit like spreadsheet right. guys and I got caught up in, I love being like, okay, well, let's test this. Let's see if I do my own thing, how well I can actually do. Okay. Where did I go wrong? Where did I lean on? Oh, fantasy pros. Where did I lean on? Like some heuristic, like who had the best matchup this week instead of what I knew was true and keep refining it. And sports is the best way to test that because it's like fantasy sports is such, it's the greatest lab that we have. We can actually experiment with all these different heuristics and learning and applying what's going on to real life things in sports. It's like, it's, that I will always enjoy. It's just such a, it, it, there's so much there. Yep. All right. Well, like I said, you know, as quote, as a, as a fan of, of what you do, I will keep pushing you. Uh, not, not Hawk, not hockey and China, as my grandmother used to say, but I will definitely uh, keep pushing to do football. And then, you know, you'll figure it out as you go along. Um, Got to get you doing baseball, Alan. That's the key. I know. I know. Just like how you've like resisted doing like a, a seasonal football league. I mean, you know what it is about baseball? I don't love the sport. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, and you have to love it. You know, it's like, a sissy sport. All these guys getting injured. No one even, you know, it's like the only way you should ever get injured in baseball is pitcher arm. Okay. Yeah. And collision with the wall or another player's head. Those are the only <laughs> two times you should be, you, you slide into a base, you break your hand, you're out eight weeks. I mean, this is just, you know, hit by a pitch in the face. I'll give credit to that too. Hit by a pitch yeah. in the face. Otherwise it's a sissy sport. These guys like straining their hamstring in the outfield. It's just, it's pathetic running the bases. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I shouldn't say I don't love baseball because I do a lot of baseball content for Roto, but I don't, I'm not giving the content. I'm facilitating the content. I have Jeff on, I have James on, I have all clay, all our great RotoWire guys. And I just, I prompt them. I ask them questions. I, cause it doesn't matter what we're talking about. Me, my passion is I love talking to people. That's why the RotoWire podcast I do in the off season of football is just bringing on people from all over the industry. People that just sometimes big, small, doesn't matter. And just love talking to them because I love finding out about people and talking about content creation, all that kind of stuff. So let's summarize here, just our football stuff. And then we'll just close it out with some, uh, some other thoughts that you might have. Uh, if you're talking about three things right now, they might seem obvious to you. Just give me three tips that people should keep in mind as we get to the <clears> end of the season here and you get into your fantasy playoffs. A couple do's or don'ts that are uh, that you think that is important to know. Ditch the upside wide receivers, stash running backs that are the clear backups on decent teams. You know, Elijah like Mitchell, Ernest Johnson, Rico Dowdle, those kind of guys. You know, okay. that are just if the guy gets hurt, you may have the guy that wins the leagues. Right, that's it. I mean, um, and then. I would say look at schedule of the playoffs um, for especially quarterback, kicker, defense. Those are the three sort of, you know, you're not going to sit a, a top running back, but uh, don't overdo the schedule thing. Don't, you know, don't sit Josh Allen just because uh, Russell Wilson has a great matchup and Allen has a bad one. That's too far. It's a tie break. It's not a, you know, and that, that's really it. You yeah. know, I mean, I, I think those are the three. I mean, it's, you know, it's fantasy football. It's the same as regular season. You just, you realize your horizon is shorter and, and there's, those three weeks, the last, go ahead. The, the last piece I would add is that even if you don't need like a backup quarterback that has a good matchup, I would pick them up so your opponent can't just in case something happens with their thing too. You could play defense on the waiver wire as well. So, you know, you, you know what you should do is like, 
those things that they freeze them. You just pick up and drop every kicker when the guy's kicker gets hurt. <laughs> and then like, he's got no kicker. <laughs> well, a lot of the softwares have, have uh, done away with that. So like okay. if you pick uh, up and drop in this, in a certain amount of period, they still stay a free agent. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. They, Cause hilarious. that was a problem. So the default setting now is, you know, you can That's what I'm saying. It's a slippery slope from like picking up a quarterback. You don't want to play defense to like picking up all the kickers and dropping them. And his, well, you just remind me of something here, just talking about ethics of fantasy football in the NFFC. People that you know are in sixth place have no shot. They stop setting their lineup. What's a fix for that? Because like right now, I need a guy who hasn't said he still has Cam Akers in his damn lineup right. to win a matchup for me to get in possibly into the NFFC playoffs. How do you prevent that, if at all? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's their team. I, I think you could, um, but even if you try to best, I mean, it would still be no, applied. Can't best let's say, ball it. No, let's say you best balled an injured player. Like, so if a guy started a guy who's injured for more than a couple of weeks, that was not, that was like out for the year. But best ball's not fair either. Cause you would never start Donovan Peoples Jones, but if he gets three catches for a hundred yards and two touchdowns. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, right. And only cause the guy had injured guy, you're like, wait a second. I needed him to lose. And not only did he, not only did he, but you could make it that like, you know, not How best ball, this? but he's just the next guy in the cheat sheet or the next guy in the, well, this rankings. is what right. This is what Tom and Greg need to develop for NFFC. Is that that someone who's like basically given up, who, as you like to say, tipped the king on their their right. season, can click a button and it will auto start by projections. Yeah, that would be perfect, right? And this and, way and you if you don't make a move, if you and and you're it's just like auto draft. If you don't show up in a minute, auto draft takes over, and you got to actually manually shut it off. So if you leave an injured guy in your lineup, auto draft kicks in, kicks him out. And then the next week you could turn it off. But you say before the season in the rules, if you leave an injured guy in your lineup at game kickoff, the second it kicks off, it's going to swap him out, right? And and then it's going to, for the top projected guy on your bench, mm -hmm. and then it's going to... Now, the problem is if you don't make the fab moves... You know, you may not have like this week. I barely. It's fine I, I, if you don't have it. You don't have it. But I'm talking about like you know, it, there's a league where someone has Cam Akers in their starting lineup, and they have, uh, you know, I know Gus Edwards. Scrubs, is on, yeah, they have, they have, they have a Dearness Johnson on their bench. Right, right, yeah, yeah. I mean, but it's you know, but it's very slippery slope because it's like, well, yeah. but what about if the team that didn't make any fab moves and they don't have guys on their bench, you know? And yeah. I, I mean, yeah, I there, there should be, there should be like. um you could have a warning. I mean, Tom and Greg are not going to do this. In, no, in but you could say, look, if you don't, they do need this to, they can't back. You know, no, they like, can't do that. They, the, the fantasy football, um, the, the, the gaming providers, it's so competitive now. And Greg and Tom, you know, listen, I, I, well, love I mean, you can get a competitive advantage for running a ship that it's like, no, we don't let, if you quit, it's fine, but you're not going to be invited back. Mm. Um, although someone could do it under a fake handle anyway. I mean, you can't yeah, I, it's not there. You just, you have to worry about basic integrity of the league or just say, Hey, that's part of the game. When people quit, just, you know, just worry about your team. That's why they have all the points things rather than record. Like if you just worry about your right. points, yeah. Get right. If you're anyway. trying to get in by record, you're, you're a nutless monkey anyway. You know, right, it's like you're, right. you're basically like your team's not that good. And I'm four and eight in one league and I have like the third most points. So I'm not even worried about wins and losses right now. I'm worried about just like setting that dominant lineup each week. No, but it does matter because the first place guy in points and record kind of gets rid of the record guy. Right. But the problem is if the, the second, guy, the four and eight guy though, with the points gets in, if he's the second most points. Well, well, let's say that the other guy has a better record than the four and eight guy. Then both get in. All in three the, get in. All three yes, get in. In the NFFC okay. rules. Okay. Okay. So there's no way for that guy's uh, low points, good record to hurt you if you have the second most points. Right. If I have more points than the second best record guy, he gets in. So let's just say I, I, what is you have the, the best record guy has the fourth most points. 
The, the, the second best record guy has the most points. Right. They the both third get most in. points have uh, has a losing record. That's okay. me. I get in. That's that's the exception that Tom and Greg made for okay, a third okay. team to get in. All right. So then it's not a big deal if, if right. the other team does well. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, anything else uh, society related before we close? Well, out here I'm, t- I'm going to talk about this. You know, so I don't know if you saw the Elon Musk interview oh, uh, yeah. with New York Times. And Andrew Ross Sorkin asked him, like, well, you know, what about these advertisers? Some of the stuff you said has made them uncomfortable. And he's and basically just to, give, like, just to give people background list is that uh, advertisers are leaving Twitter in not in droves, but there's there's big time advertisers that are not staying with Twitter. We don't have to get into the nuances. Why? Well, but, well, it was a, it was, you know, it was shown that, I mean, the court is going to look at it because they're suing that media matters. Basically, Jerry rigged this sort of fake impression that's what, that's that, that there was like all to. this stuff going on. Um, you know, next to their ads, like neo-Nazi content next to people's ads. And they were like, oh, I don't want to advertise next to that. And they pulled out and it was kind of a, a jerry-rigged thing. It, it wasn't really true. Well, they're going to litigate it. that. Okay. So, but they're leaving. And, you know, of course, like, you know, I'm not like a huge Elon Musk stand. I don't, you know, typically trust any of these people. But, you know, he's been very outspoken about certain things. And and basically, um, all these advertisers are leaving. And, and you know, the, obviously Twitter's going to lose money without the advertisers. And Andrew Ross Sorkin, you know, asked him about it and said, aren't you concerned about some of the things you've said and posted and allowed to be posted? And he basically just looked at him and was just like, you know what? Fuck them. You know, he's like, I'm not going to be blackmailed. True. Yeah, that's a few money. Right. But, but, but I thought there was something more interesting. Right. He said something which was interesting. Also, he said, there's a lot of people, you know, who want to look good, seem like the good guy while they're doing evil. You know, oh, I don't want to be associated with this. And just, it's all signaling. And we know this from Twitter and the fantasy sports industry has a lot of people like that. I mean, we, it really came out in COVID. It was ugly. It was really nasty, nasty, petty people, but, but signaling a lot. Um, but, but there's something even more interesting, I think, that came out of that. And he said, they said, well, what are you going to do if they advertise? You're going to be able to run the company, you know, without this ad money uh, with the, in the current model? And he said, no, the company will, will go out of business then. And he said, well, you know, and he's like, and then people will know why it went out of business. And Sorkin was like, why? Because of the things you've said? He's like, no, not because of what I said, but because of these advertiser boycotts um, based on, you know, not wanting, you know, the content, the free speech to be heard. And he's like, well, no, they're going to blame you. They're not. And he's like, we'll let the, we'll leave it to the judge to see. Let's let the chips fall. He's like, the judge isn't going to go. And he's talking about like a court. He's yeah. like, no, no, no. I'm people. talking about the people are the judge. And I thought that was actually really profound. It was, it was not as like fun as like, you know, go fuck yourself or right. these people. And, and, and the, the deeper point about people wanting to look good while they're doing evil and virtue signal. Um, but it was almost a deeper point, which is sort of like, look, like information, we're in the information age and people can see what's going on. And for all the stuff that happens when people um, pretend to do good um, or want to be seen as good, um, we, I think over long haul, you know, people can judge for themselves, like what actually happened. And I think if these advertisers leave and Apple leaves, you know, and, and they're, and they're sort of like, you know, we don't want people to be able to say what they want. Um, I think it's going to hurt those brands a lot. I don't think those brands can hide behind, Oh, we want to look good. I think people are going to see them virtue signaling and they're going to see through it. And it's going to actually, it may kill Twitter because you know, they, they need the revenue. But it, it may also really, really harm those other brands. This is, more and more people are not on like a political team. Like, oh, this is, this is the good guy. A, a lot of people are just tired of it. You know, they, they don't want people telling them what they can read, what they can say, what they can look at. And, uh, and I just thought that was profound because I think that, that, you know, not just in Twitter, but in all areas, like people are going to, um, 
not just be judged by, you know, the, these associations and this sort of media spin, but also just they're going to be judged by the public on, you know, what they were signaling and that people see through it. And I, I thought that was uh, sort of a, a, a deep point. Good. This is a, I mean, this is, you're finally giving Elon a little bit of love here because in the past you've been skeptical. You even said that he could possibly be the next Antichrist. <laughs> well, that was uh, allegorical, but I, I just, I, but I still think that, right? Because I think that, um, you, you're, you know, in The Godfather, I was talking about this in my podcast, um, Michael Corleone was like the good guy. He was the war hero. He was, they wanted him to be a senator. He was like the straight and narrow uh, kid from the Corleone yeah. family, right? And they didn't want him in the dirty mafia business, right? They wanted him in the clean, respectable business. And then, you know, his father, you know, get, there's a hit on his brother and the stuff starts happening. And then he turns out to be the most ruthless of all of them, right? He's, he's the absolute ruthless, ruthless godfather who's truly his father's son. And, you know, I, I think that Elon Musk, I mean, I, I do respect it. You know, he, he, you know, at least in this, in this Q and A or whatever, like he's standing up for free speech and he's saying a lot of things that I agree with. And, but, you know, let's say the tide turns a bit and people are like, F those people. Like, aren't you sick of these scolds telling you what you can say and criticizing you for stuff that's like so benign that they just, they always have like some, you know, aren't, aren't you sick of it? These people telling you, you have to wear a mask and like trying to out you for wearing a mask to your employee. I mean, it's just disgusting. These people, aren't we all sick of it? And we're like, yes, we are sick of it. And thank you to the guy who helped, you know, let this, this whole censorship and this disgusting little petty behind the scenes machinations, this got exposed. And they say, Elon, you know, sort of like, let's make this guy king pretty much, right? And he's got Neuralink. So it's not just Twitter so addictive and, you know, I try to stay off of it, you know, and you're, you're wasting so much time, like doom scrolling on Twitter. But now you've got the thing, you pipe it right into your brain, you know, mm. now he's got, you know, the, the, uh, the Tesla is the best AI, but it's also tracking the users, the driver's movements. It's the most, you know, where did you go? It's got all of your data, all of your personal stuff. If he, you know, gets the power, you know, he's got satellite, you know, he could have, He's got what's his, internet, what's his internet? What's his internet satellite called again? Star, Starlink. Starlink. Right. He's got Starlink. Right. And obviously, Twitter is just such a powerful, you know, data engine. They've got AI, um, SpaceX satellites, you know, all over in orbit. I mean, if if you are a fan of the Lord of the Rings, the lesson in the Lord of the Rings was yeah. Yeah. was too much centralized power cannot be borne by a single human. And Frodo, this hobbit, and the reason it's a hobbit that has to go into Mordor, the most dangerous place on earth, and destroy this ring is because the hobbit was the only creature with sufficient humility to, for, you know, and he still got overcome by the ring in the end, right? But to like last long enough. Hey, I didn't see it. You just spoiled the end. <laughs> well, it's, it's kidding. I'm kidding. It's an old book, an old movie. <laughs> I'm kidding. But, but it was the only creature with sufficient inherent humility to resist long enough to get to the point where Gollum bites off his finger and it ends up destroying the ring. And at one point, you know, it's his task and he hasn't left yet. And Gandalf, who's the wisest, noblest human that we have in the whole book, in the whole world, basically. And he says, you take it. You take the re ring. I don't want this burning anymore. And Gandalf says, don't tempt me, Frodo. And he's very serious because he feels the temptation. He said, if, if I were to take the ring, I am sufficiently powerful that if I had this, I would want to do good. I'd want to use it for good. I want to busybody and save the world and do these things. And I would become like the Dark Lord himself. Do not tempt me. So Gandalf refused the ring because he knew in his wisdom that that much power was not okay for a human to have. And I, this is, the, this is the, the issue is Elon Musk is doing all the right things. He's obviously very intelligent. He's obviously saying a lot of based shit. But, you know, 
we, nobody, it's too much power. It's too much power. I don't want him to have the ring. So I still maintain that he's, he's the risk. And by the way, if you know, antichrist is allegorical, I don't, I'm not like literally, but if there were somebody that were that person, you would like him a lot. You would like him and you would be for him because if it were like Klaus Schwab eats the bugs and own nothing, that's not, you're, that's not the antichrist. You're not going to go along with that dude. Bill Gates, he's wow. a repulsive person. You know, oh. with with the, the the man boobs and the he's just a repulsive like telling but you how the to last, hell. The last Antichrist, I don't think was too. I mean Hitler, right? I mean that was the. Oh, I don't think he was technically the Antichrist. He was a very evil person, but but I don't. You know, Nostradamus identifies him as the second Antichrist. Does he? Well, I mean, you know, the, you know, it's funny because people, a lot of the right wingers, were saying Obama was the Antichrist, and then there was a fact check that said he wasn't. It was like you can't fact check whether someone's right. the Antichrist. It's not. <laughs> a, it's not a factual type of thing like that. Right. But the thing is. Um, Okay, maybe, but but what I'm saying is like it would be somebody charismatic, somebody that you like. It wouldn't be somebody who you're like immediately like, ah, oh, why is this guy's money being allowed to influence health policy? And this guy just go away. You know, you're you're the biggest scumbag of all time. Why are you on Epstein's plane? It would yep. be somebody that you like. So that I'm saying the fact that I like him is not a, a reason to say that he couldn't be capable of of great harm. Later two on. quick, two quick things. Like, do you remember the movie Oh God, You Devil with George Burns? I don't he, remember it. So basically he was the devil, but it's likable George Burns with his right. cigar and he would talk, right. you know, he was friendly, yeah. but then he was this evil devil type. And then the other thing, just going back to your Godfather reference too, it's what's also funny is that the mafia, you found out that the, the politicians were, were a mafia as well. I mean, that's really right. when you got into the deep part of it. So, and that's, uh, that's no, you know, even more true today. Yeah. I mean, the whole thing's a mafia right now. Yeah, when people complain about paying your ta like their taxes and stuff like that, like no one likes paying their taxes. I'm like, you don't understand. You're paying the mafia. A like, protection money so you don't get yeah. in trouble. Nobody's like, I mean, maybe there's a couple of people left like, oh, I'm a good citizen. I want to give them as I want to make sure everyone, well, you know, I pay my fair share. It's like, no, no, no. You within the law so they don't come and break your legs, right. you pay, but you have to, you know? Right. And the other thing is like people, oh, I'm paying this money. How come I don't see any my the potholes in my uh, dry, in <laughs> yeah. my uh, roads yeah. fix? That's they do that once in a while to keep you quiet, but like you said, you're paying for them not to quote break your legs, throw you in jail, harass yeah. you. But the oh, IRS. you're paying for like wars overseas that you have zero interest in, getting people killed to enrich arms manufacturers we're, and pharmaceutical companies. I mean, this this is what you're paying for. Like, I'd rather they just lit it on fire and just said, you know what, that just as a, to be an obedient citizen, we light some of your money on fire every year. I'd be like, that's better than what you're spending it on. Seriously. Let, last question, and you, and you could be brief with this if you want, because it's a, just a speculation question. God forbid this country ever got into a hot war with a major country like an Iran. Do you ever think that there would be a, like a Vietnam style draft again? I don't America? know. I don't know. I don't know who would go along with. I mean, I don't know who would, you know, the, the problem is after COVID and even the Iraq war, which was such a catastrophe, you know, I mean, I, I just don't, I, I can't believe people still fell for the Ukraine stuff. Like, oh, we must support this, whatever amount of money, you know, I, I can't believe people still fall for it. But I think there's just such a large amount of people now that are just like, no, like I don't, I'm not into this. Like whatever war you're starting is not in our interest ever. It'd be one thing if they invaded America. I don't mean like a terrorist attack. I mean, if there was like a force of like a million people coming to attack us or something, mm -hmm. that'd be different. But I think we'd almost have to get to there before the public would be like, oh, I'll send my kids, um, you know, against their will. Yeah, this is for the greater good. I just, who's going to buy that these days? Who's credulous anymore? These, these Congress people are insider trading. Both parties are insider trading. I mean, they're, they're, this is like, it's just like, it's like a loot and grab. You know, when there's like a blackout and they throw, you know, a rock through a window and loot everything, a riot. That's what the Congress is. They're just looting the treasury. They're, we're in 34 trillion in debt. 
They don't crazy. They, it is like it, there, there is no, so I think like anything like that, um, they got to keep you very afraid to make you obedient, but I don't think um, they're going to be able to persuade. I mean, they'd have to do what they did in Ukraine, which was like at gunpoint, like conscript these poor guys and throw them on the front lines. And I don't think they would, I don't think it'll get there in the U S. Yeah. All right. Well, I did there on that bright note. Does that sound good? <laughs> yeah. You, f- you follow him, uh, go over to Noster. He's on uh, Chris Liss, or just go to realmansports.com. That's where you can find all Chris Liss's content over there. Chris Liss podcast on all the major po- uh, podcast providers. Uh, if you want to get behind Rotowire's paywall, see all our premium content, rotowire.com forward slash pod, rotowire.com forward slash pod. You put in your email and the paywall unlocks rest of season fantasy football stuff for the playoffs, uh, fantasy baseball ranking. I think they already have them up. It's crazy. The first round of projections. I don't want to look. I got to do my own, but they're good. If you're look for basketball, all I did was look because I I wasn't going to do the research, but basketball's up there. Golf. We even have bowling now. I mean, you know, who who the hell's doing bowling? I'll dominate you in bowling, dude. Uh, Bowling league. I'm not a very good bowler. Yeah. I meant like fantasy bowling. Like, of course, that's what I mean. Okay. Yeah. I know nothing about it. And by the way, I'm terrible bowler too. Uh, if like, if I don't get a gutter ball, I'm like pumped. You oh, you're like that bad. I'm like, yeah. uh, probably bowled like a 120. Like, so I'm yeah. pretty bad, but I'm not like horrifically. Yeah. Bad. Like, I sometimes don't even put my fingers in the holes. I just like uh, throw it down. Like, you know, okay, let's I, keep your personal life out of this. Ah, uh, there you go. I, well, I'd use that bowling grip in other areas of my life. You know, <laughs> yeah, two yeah. in the pink. How's it go? One in the stink. Uh, you're okay. You're going to get in trouble for this podcast. So I'm. <laughs> You think I don't think anyone's listening from uh, no. those guys. Yeah, by the way, the 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 video views. If we're going to talk about vanity metrics for a second, they they're still doing well. I was surprised because all a lot of videos in fantasy football they start downtrending. This one goes. I mean, I believe that your subscribers are booing the value when you tweet it out and or when you send it out through email. They they love hearing you talk about sports. That's I you know that's what I was talking about earlier. So you may be overestimating the number of subscribers I have, but I I hope that's true. Yeah, yeah but they're listen. sharing it. You know, I yeah. can see what's going on with the analytics yeah. and stuff. And again, we're not going to be slaves to the vanity metrics, but it is a nice thing to see, you know, when when people. Yeah. Uh, I, sure. Of course it is. Yep. All right, Chris Liss. Uh, I'm at Alan Soslowski on all social media. You follow him, Chris Liss, and we'll see you next week. Maybe we can never tell. Chris Liss is a week to week proposition. You have to tune in and find no, out. I'll do, I'll do it the rest of the year. I don't care about Survivor. I'm dead in Survivor. I won't talk okay. Survivor anymore because I'm not going to do something like that where I have no skin in the game, but I'll talk football with you. And as long as we get some of this other stuff in. Oh yeah, of course. You know me. I enjoy it. I enjoy it. Yeah. When, yeah. yeah this is, this is uh, uh, one of the most pleasurable hours of the week for me. Uh, the most pleasurable five minutes is not with you though. You, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm, st- I, I'm still very I'm under five minutes. I can't believe it, man. I thought I would get, have a little bit more stamina as I got older, but still, man, I'm Dude, so, ex- you- I'm so excited to be there that it just, it's, it's over very uh-huh. quickly. Uh-huh. Well, yeah. you know, how about you? you? Know, Can you do 20 minutes? Uh, at least an hour and a half. <laughs> <laughs> painful, painful. Poor Heather. All right, man. I'll talk to you later. Have a good one, everybody. Right. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. All right.